السلام عليكم ورحمة الله وبركاته وعليكم السلام ورحمة الله وبركاته This is Amini Suedi and Zulfa Kassim and you're listening to the Murid Talks podcast Hello everyone, welcome again Today we're going to talk about a very grim topic mm. Death Okay. Yeah, I don't think most people like talking about this. It usually comes with so much emotions and reflections. And if one thing I've heard from so many religious people and non-religious, also they call themselves, is that in death there's a lot of to be reminded with. You know, in death you remember, of, you you're reminded of what life is. And death, you're reminded of what is important, what isn't. And so today we would like to talk to you and everyone and ourselves on the importance of death, or at least the contemplation of it, or the murid. Now, it's 2020. I'm so sure that everyone has experienced a loss of someone they love and someone they cared for. And... It's been hard in most cases. It's never easy, you know, losing someone. But are we actually losing, you know? And what does that mean to come to that term and understanding? It can take a while. But it's good to talk about it and to understand it. So, as always, we go with questions. <laughs> <laughs> and I hope you'll bear with me. But... According to you, or at least to you, what do you understand by death, you know? Yeah, so death, we hear it a lot. Mm, very much. We experience loss of our loved ones, friends, people who are close to us. And as you say, this year has been one of extreme uh, reminders mm. in a sense that we have personally experienced a lot of loss and other people as well because of the global situation. Now, the Prophet Muhammad, peace be upon him, says, it is enough for death to be a lesson. He talks about a lot of things in that particular tradition. He talks about the Quran being a friend, content being richness. But he also says that death is the ultimate lesson. But the Prophet Muhammad also says in one tradition, advising his companions, die before you die. Now, if you sit down with these two traditions, it's enough for death to be a lesson, to be the ultimate lesson, and die before you die. You come about with this question. What does one experience in that process of death that a person who is living should learn about. Can we, in a sense, replicate the experience of somebody who has died and live it ourselves? Now, different traditions have different understandings or different expositions on death. And some traditions talk about people who died and came back to life. We know, for, for example, from the Christian tradition that Jesus brought people back to life. Brought people back to life and 
came back to life himself. Now, we don't know about those other people, but it is said in the Bible that when Jesus came back to life, he was transfigured. Right? He could walk through walls. He did things that particularly extraordinary. I mean, he did things that are extraordinary before. I mean, bringing people back from death is extraordinary in itself. But there are other more extraordinary things. But he, he was also like a normal human being. He could eat, right, without anything happening. Now imagine somebody who could walk through a world but also eat. It's fascinating. Other traditions as well have other narratives. But in a sense, we get from this story the idea of transfiguration coming from a quote-unquote lower level and being transfigured into a higher level. So one thing we can learn is that death is a transfiguration. We leave one state and go to another state. Now, if you think about it, really think about it, we die at every moment. We're constantly transfiguring. Exactly. We're constantly evolving from one state to another. Now, it is that the transfiguration is so quick that we cannot find the moment in between one state and the other state. In a sense, because there is no moment in between. But so we understand from death a change of state. From one state to another, and we're doing that every moment by our breathing. Breathe in, breathe out. Death, life, death, life, death, life. Now for a murid, it's important because the Prophet Muhammad told us to die before we die. So we know that there's two deaths. Well, maybe three if we count the momentary death that we experience all the time. But let's talk about these two deaths. The first death is the death that everyone experiences when they leave this world. The one that we say we've experienced a loss. And that is a compulsory death. You cannot run away from it. You cannot escape it. Everybody will face death. Now, what the Prophet Muhammad is telling us is that we can die, we can experience a certain death before we experience the compulsory death. And this is a voluntary. We have to choose to die. Now the question is, what is that death? What is that death, that voluntary death, that we can experience before we die? Now it must have similarities with the other death, because they're both called death. So in a sense, that voluntary death is also a transfiguration from one state to another state. Now what state do we have now? We are in a state of ignorance, a state of forgetfulness. And that's why we ask questions. Who am I? Where am I from? Where am I going? What is my purpose? Now that voluntary death is a death dying in this state of ignorance and reawakening into a state of recognition. I'm not saying cognition, because you knew it before. So it's a recognition. You're recognizing yourself. You're awakening. You're awakening into what you actually were in your truest essence. Yeah. 
So that, in 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 a short summary, <laughs> is death. <laughs> well, it's a very short, heavy summary. Um, so this recognition, this awakeness, how does one get to know that they have been awakened, alive, still in this state of humanness, this earthly state? But how do you know that you're awakened? I, you hear this word a lot, like. Uh, this slang word woke to be woke mm. you know <laughs> I like it when the blacks yeah. say that <laughs> um, but yeah there's, there's, is that it is that waking up and realizing that what am I doing with my life is it waking up and finally knowing what you're supposed to do what is it exactly and is it one state or is it an evolving process constantly happening to you that's a very fantastic question. Um, this death, this voluntary death from the Murid perspective, from the Sufi perspective, is not a certain psychological... Revolution. Yeah, revolution. Like, oh, I, was, I used to think this way, now I'm woke. It's, it's not necessarily a change in lifestyle. You know, I, I, I used to do this and then now I'm this way. Although, of course, if, if you experience this voluntary death, you will change psychologically. You will change your lifestyle in a sense. But this reawakening is a state of consciousness. Right? The way you see things changes drastically. And why is that? In the Sufi tradition, there is the concept of extinction, of fana. Now, when we think of death, we, we think of extinction, right? That we, we extinct, we go away from this world into another world. And for some, you go away and it's over, right? But in a sense, this extinction entails that something has to be taken away. Now, what are we taking away? What is this fana in, in the Sufi tradition? What he's talked about here is the ego, what has to be removed from the picture. In the previous episodes, we talked about emptiness a lot. And emptiness of what? Really, of your ego, of that I, me. And that's why I'm saying it's not about being woke, because really, in the modern world, being woke is, is being money, attached to that manifesting ego. Manifesting in the highest level of your ego, it's true. Exactly. In the Sufi tradition, it's quite the contrary. You have to kill that state of consciousness that tends to bind things and condition them and limit them and then experience the fullness of God's plenitude. And how do we know this? God says in one of the chapters of the Quran that mankind is, is, is busy with collecting things, acquiring hoarding things until they visit their graves, till they die. And he says, I'm telling you, you will come to know. Surely you will come to know. What will we come to know? And then he says, you will come to know what you will come to know with an extreme certainty. So after death, there is a veil that is removed from people and they will come to know things with certainty. Now, the certainty doesn't necessarily mean a good thing for all people. Some people, according to the chapter, will experience 
grave torment because of that certainty. And that is why the Sufis are trying to seek that certainty now, voluntarily, releasing their egos, extinguishing their egos, to experience certainty, because they know with compulsory death you will experience certainty, but it might not have the best of repercussions. So we learn from the compulsory death that death from this state to the other state will bring about a state of consciousness that sees things with certainty. Things as how they are. Not what they look like. Not what they look like, not what they present, not what they're limited with. And so in reality, what we come to know when we die before we die is the reality of things with certainty. In a sense, yeah. That's that's what it's kind of threatening. <laughs> <laughs> but this is why I say it's it's a very strong reminder when you think of death. Because it's very hard as you're saying to to quench and shut down that ego. I mean it's the one thing you've known on your life. The I, the me, the individual. It's what has gotten you through all this time. And that forgetfulness, I think, comes from being so much accustomed to your own ego. So dying before death itself, the way as you explain and how I understand, is um, coming into terms and waking up to the realization that you are, you're just, you're, you, it's not about you. This world isn't about you. Exactly. And it, it never will be. And you're just, a, you're a piece of a machine of, that is the universe. And you'll get through your purpose by his will, by his command. And you will go and you'll move forth. And instead of fighting that all your life till the next phases of existence, you could come to terms with that. And then maybe by his grace, it will open doors of his bounties. And that's why I think it, 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 for me, I, when, when I hear of death from someone I love, yes, it hurts that they're not with me anymore. It, it suffocates me. But the thought that they're just doing what they're supposed to be doing, they're going through their path. And for now, the limit is me thinking that they're gone from me. But they were not with me in the beginning, you know? They're their own phases. They are going to go through their own path, just like we are treading our own paths. And God has united us from somehow, and maybe he will unite us again. But we are not separated. We're just in different phases. And so, as you mentioned, how the Quran says that we're so busy. We're so busy. We're so distracted with so many things. And they're all based on ego. My job, my money, my children, my family, my, my, my. But they're all fading things, you know. They're just part of the process. 
I think that realization comes very shocking, you know, and it it helps you focus on what's important. And it's very important, I think, to have people to remind us this because it's very easy to go about your life never thinking of death, especially if what you'd say that things are going well for you, which is not always true, but it's it's important for for you to sit down and think okay i will die and it's not it's not necessarily about what i leave behind it's but it's about because you hear this like what is my legacy it's not about your legacy it's what you're heading for because you leave this world you leave whatever is in here and when that avails awakens in you that certainly as you're talking about, is what will be important and will be ahead of you. But I would like to to talk more about the certainty because it's, uh, for me at least, it's something very, it sounds very serious, you know. But what is it? What is that certainty? Because we've been told that it's uh, you can have faith, but not everyone has certainty in it. Yeah, I think it's a very important question. And and again, it goes back to that state of consciousness. Faith is based on, it's based, yeah, on faith, right? It's, it's, it's in a sense blind. I've been told there is a God and so I have faith that there is a God. Or because of this, I have a faith that there is something beyond it. But certainty is actually experiencing it. Certainty is not about blindness, it's about sight. That's why traditions talk about vision, you know, the third eye, you know, renewed vision. We'll see things as how uh, God intends us to see them. And so certainty is that state of consciousness in which we have vision of things as how they truly are, as how God intends them to be seen. Now we are seeing things in a state of consciousness that is limiting, binding, conditioning. We're seeing things according to our ego. But once the veil is removed, once we have certainty, we cease to condition things with our ego and we see them as how reality intends them to be seen. Because when we're talking about God, it's so easy to assume that God is something or someone up there. But we talked about this a couple of times. God is the reality itself. God is the existence itself. Whatever you are seeing, hearing, whatever, is, whatever encompasses us, it's not other than God. And so instead of conditioning reality to a very limited, boxed sense of your ego, you die, you extinguish yourself, that ego, and you become a conduit. As we talked about in the previous episode. You become a conduit and reality just flows through you. And that is certainty. Certainty is just you becoming a conduit of reality. It's like channels flowing and it seems like, you know, very sci-fi. Yeah. You know? No, it feels like this anime that is <laughs> exactly <laughs> becoming this absolute power. And that's it. Actually, that's it, you know. Mm. By extinguishing your ego, you're renewed into a life of certainty and because you are not there, then what really flows? Reality. Because you are not there, 
in quotation marks, that ego is not there, reality takes its reign. In a sense, the ego is in between reality and reality. It's like blocking the conduit, which it's, it's not really true because reality always prevails. Mm. But the ego is stopping you from seeing the true flow of reality. Now, once you die, you extinguish your ego and the veil is removed and the veil is your ego. <laughs> reality reigns and you see reality for what it is. Or reality sees reality for what it is. Yeah. Okay. Interesting. Very interesting. That's quite a mouthful for for most of us. But it, it's, an, it's a beautiful vision. It's a beautiful thing to think of yourself in that state. And would you say this is something you work for? Is it something you are actively doing to get through there? I think this connects back with one of the questions that you asked in the sense that is this a gradual process? Yes and no. Yes, in a sense that it doesn't happen overnight. You don't wake up and then your ego is extinguished. And so it's gradual and that connects to the effort part. You have to show initiative. Yes, it is through God's grace that you're granted the capacity to want to show initiative, but in another sense, you have to be receptive of that grace and show effort. In that sense, yes, it is gradual. You have to strive, strive to do thick remembrance of God, strive to do thick contemplation, strive to do good and be good, Strive to unshackle yourself from the conditions of your ego. From the conditions of your existence, in short. Exactly. But in another sense, it is no, meaning it's, it's a one-off process, in a sense that whatever you're experiencing is one. You're experiencing things in time, and hence it is a gradual process, but the realities out of time it is one and that is what we call tawhid in islam unicity all things are one and so even that process in its totality is just one well you know what i'm hearing that to reach that level to be in a point where you find certainty being a point where you die before you die is being and in in a very simple way is living it is death that complements living, you know, and vice versa. That, as you say, it's not just about your effort, but it is also part of it. You have both a hand and also out of hand of this. And so the best you can do is live well, is do good. The best way you can is be, is be the best of what you are. And stop limiting yourself, you know, in all these conditions, as you're saying, all, all these identities and realizing that all is one. All is one, as God is. God, he says he is one and he is one. He is the beginning, the end. He is all packed up in this one perfect box. He's one. And so 
simply live. I was listening to this Indian gurus. I love those guys, by the way. <laughs> and he say, where you live, live. Don't, don't overpack for, you know, for tomorrow or for, 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 for this baselessness of life, this ignorance that you know. Live, breathe, understand that I'm breathing, you know. Be understand that I am awake, I am conscious, I am alive, and go with the flow of existence. Be that conduit. Don't try to, to, to over-control things or under-control it. Just flow with reality, flow with life. And maybe death will come to you with certainty, you know, and not you waking up and saying, oh, so that is how things were. <laughs> <laughs> and you're not in the right side of the wall. So it's, it's, it's quite, a, a, you know, something to think about. And I was listening to Hamza Yusuf just today, early in the morning, and he was explaining about a book. He was explaining about the treatments of the heart. And he said one of the things that cures um, laziness of trying to fix your heart or trying to be in constant remembrance is thinking of death, contemplating. And he said, if you can't do this every time, then pick a day. Pick one or two days in a week. You can't in a month. At least once in a year, you know, sit down and really contemplate about what it means to be living and what will happen. What, what if death comes knocking down your door? And it is an inevitable thing, as you say, everyone will die. Every one of us. And these Buddhists, they say they're amongst the most remarkable things about human beings is that they know that death is there, but they never consider it that it is them who will go through it. You never think of yourself dead. <laughs> I think this is even another, for me at least, it's another sign to, 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 to remind you of a human being that it's proof that you know in your psyche or in your soul that even death is not physical. Physical death does not mean you are completely gone. So that's just my thought, you know. Yeah, wow, you've 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 put it really well. I think we can we can end the episode here. I really do hope that everyone has enjoyed this episode. Inshallah. And I hope that we die before we die. Inshallah. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Wa alaikum salam wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh.